0: Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Select to Bet. I'm joined by Greg Browning for a betting podcast without any betting. How's it going, Greg? <laughs> good evening, yes, I'm good, thanks. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, this is probably the most bizarre circumstances we'll ever record a podcast, I think.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, the end doesn't seem in sight at all, does it?
0: Nope, I think this is just the the very beginning. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be sportless for quite a while. Uh, the way things are shaping up at the moment.
1: Yeah, I've kind of gone through that change curve from anger, upset to now probably acceptance.
0: I've now yeah.
1: accepted that there's no football going to be happening anytime soon.
0: I know I mean. I was just thinking we're kind of preparing for the podcast, and we were, it was just over a week ago we recorded the podcast, and we look forward to weekend games. In complete ignorance to what was lying ahead of us And I know, never was, thought then That within seven days we'd be looking at A world without any sport
1: <laughs> It's been a long Seven days since last Friday I suppose Hasn't it?
0: It has but to be fair There's more important things in the world going on At the moment so we kind of just Made the decision that we wanted to record a podcast have nothing else just to amuse ourselves for for, for (laughs) half an hour Um, and if anyone else wants to listen to our ramblings then uh, that's all well and good but um, yeah I think we just need to start off by saying that we hope everyone out there is keeping well Um obviously our their thoughts of everyone that's been affected by the coronavirus so far and if we can just use our platform we urge everyone to follow the advice given and keep yourself, your family and your community as safe as possible um, that's all we can really do at the moment isn't it
1: Yeah definitely obviously it's been a really tough week for many I think um, yeah. it's going to get a lot tougher but I think you're absolutely right there's a lot more important things than than just football. And I think most people now, especially over the last two or three days anyway, are starting to realise that. Yeah, I think so. It's taken me
0: it's taken me the best, <laughs> best part of a week to convince my mum and dad that they just can't go out. And that's, that's a really difficult thing to try and do. I mean, it used to be my mum and dad told me that I couldn't go out. Um, <laughs> now I'm having to tell them not to go out. But yeah, it's, it's a hard message to try and get through. But it's a really important one, especially for the older generation we've just kinda it's your turn to look after them now I think.
1: Yeah, totally. And I guess in terms of my and worth and the whole piece, obviously a lot of people are now working from home. Yeah. Now I work from home quite a lot anyway, so it hasn't really changed my week to week working life. But I know many others obviously aren't used to working at home. Yeah. So my yours? only my only advice would be is just try and get out for a walk,
0: go <laughs> for a run, just try and get some fresh air. Yeah. You'll feel better for it. Obviously, practice some safe social distancing, which we're doing tonight. I think there's a calculator's 23 miles between us, so, <laughs> so we should be absolutely fine. But um, yeah, maybe gambler tips for the next few weeks is tips on on working from home as opposed to tips on the football, because we're heading very quickly to a point where there is no football at all.
1: No, exactly. When we looked at the fixtures last Friday, when most of these got announced, obviously, especially in the UK. And France, those games had been postponed. I was frantically looking at, okay, what's it? What else is on? Where yeah. can we go to? And at that point, obviously, South America was the key place.
0: Turkey, Russia, and obviously, over the course of the last six days, they've all closed down. Yeah, we've just seen them falling one by one, and I never thought I'd see a day when I thought sport was a luxury, you know, <laughs> and do, do we take it for granted. Um, and I think you realise just how how big a part of it plays in people's lives and <laughs> we've often wondered what it must be like not to support a football team or not to be interested in sport and unfortunately it's Don't not like it no it's not, it's like not it. the best way <laughs> to find out. um but i suppose the one thing is it's made certainly me and i guess other people who like a bet and um, realize that betting isn't the be all and end all and for some people out there it might be an opportunity to to get that wee bit of rest that they maybe didn't realize they needed from betting um you know, if it's, if it's something that's maybe toxic in their life as opposed to something that they're enjoying. So in a in a positive sense, it might give some people some breathing space they didn't realise that they needed.
1: Yeah, definitely. I guess the only downside is watching countless videos of people doing KPI ups with toilet roll.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, which I have just <laughs> suffered on a uh, WhatsApp group that I'm on. But I also must admit to watching a bit of live Aussie rules football this morning. And it was magic. I really enjoyed it. Nor couldn't tell that. you any rules, any <laughs> nor teams, could I, any players. <laughs> nor could I, but, you know, it was just, uh, in the absence of anything else, it was something worth watching. So I just stuck it on and uh, let it, kind of, wash over me in the background whilst I was trying to do a wee bit of work. But, um, so anyway, we're, we're going to go ahead and try and report record a, a podcast tonight. Um, we're going to look at a few bits and pieces in terms of what football is on at the moment um and some of the decisions that are being made and what effect it might have from a betting point of view and also from a football point of view generally. Um and have a wee look at how the bookies have responded um to what's happened over the last week as well, and how maybe have a wee look at how they're likely to respond in the weeks ahead. Um but to be fair, you've actually knuckled down and managed to find quite a few bets, despite all the leagues kind of falling one by one.
1: Yeah, it's actually been a really good week for me since last Friday. I think I have posted up bets on five of the seven days. Nothing today, and I don't think I put anything up on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. But yeah, having a look through the leagues, I think it started off well on Saturday with Notts County doing well in the National League. Um, I think there's some total goals in South America on Sunday, and that delivered a, a nice 5-6, to six and 11-4 winner. Yep. We had Turkish matches on, I can't even remember what day it was now. I think Monday, or, Monday or Tuesday we had Turkish matches. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the uh, Turkish teams, even though I've been to that <laughs> club itself, to, to watch them play, uh, St. Johnson play against them. Uh, that landed a couple of winners. A uh, good winner yesterday in Singapore. Yeah,
0: we'll talk about and, that in a minute. The Singapore on, one.
1: Yeah, and later at night we had um, a couple of Brazilian games and um, asked to pick out a nice first half goals bet as well. So I think it was seven out of eight over the last week or so. It's been so it's been really
0: good, actually. Yeah, and we've kinda of spoke about it before. When there's fewer games sometimes it does focus the mind. And um the thing I wanted to mention and bring up with you about the Singapore one was the guy who had a go at you on Twitter for <laughs> picking a picking a winner. And I don't know did, did he claim that you you couldn't be an expert he's in Singapore
1: said, um, I know sweet FA about the Singapore League or the Turkish League.
0: And to be fair, and he's right. Was,
1: he's <laughs> right, he's absolutely right. Um, and I'm guessing. Um, and I'm better than that. Which is
0: where, which is where he's wrong. <laughs> because I know you and I know that you do spend time looking at the stats and stuff like that. And At, at this kind of stage of where we're at with uh, the shutdown in games, what else is there to do but study the stats and you know make a, a value judgment based on the
1: numbers that are in front of you. Yeah, totally. I'm not going to spend half an hour to an hour looking at a match, writing it up, publishing it, putting it on Twitter, if I don't feel it's fully justified and I've not got full reasoning behind it. I think the Turkish game stood up uh, really well in terms of the league's highest scoring team playing, a team bottom of the league, who weren't playing well, really struggling. And I guess in Singapore, again, a team at home... I think they played quite a few more games than the Lions had played. And they were also, again, top of the league and playing well. Mm-hmm. And similar to last night in Brazil, a team at 1-20 to to win the match, yet the bookies had priced them up at 4-5 to five for two first-half goals. Mm-hmm. So I guess I said to you yesterday, I know as much about Swindon v Cheltenham as I do the Singapore Premier League, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, but it's all about identifying trends Looking at the stats, looking at the data, and making a judgment call.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, you do need a bit of luck, but that bit of research that you do, that study, and that analysis of the stats hopefully gives you a, a little inkling or an edge, or you know, certainly gives you reason to back something. So I thought it was a bit unfair to have a go at you over the Singapore one, especially when there there wasn't much. Yeah, well, he, he soon blocked about, me, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I suppose that says it all. So, anyway, that aside, um. I guess best place to start is have a wee look at what what remains, if anything, because even just prior to um, coming on to record the podcast, it looks like we've lost another couple of leagues that we were keen to have a look at for the weekend.
1: Yeah, so we've just lost Turkey. So Turkey has closed down and all games postponed. But really sensational reasons why that's been postponed. So um, I think it came out late this afternoon at Trabonspor. So John Obi-Makale, who used to play for Chelsea... He obviously plays for Trebon and he wasn't comfortable playing behind closed doors, wasn't comfortable playing football given the current pandemic and he wanted to go back to London to be with his family. Mm -hmm. Now Trebon president has turned around and said, if you go, you're not coming back. So Mikhail has turned around and said, "Okay, end my contract, I'm not coming back. So he's essentially ripped his contract up and has left. And And as a result of that, the Turkish authorities have now yeah. closed down the Super
0: League, so that's going to g- be a staple part of yeah, <laughs> the betting yeah. diet for the weekend. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. I don't quite know how Turkey have managed to survive when the rest of Europe is kind of fallen round about them. But um, I know it was. I guess a recognisable European League. We knew some of the players. We knew some of the teams. Um, so we had a wee bit more insight into some of these other leagues that are still available. So it's a shame to see that one go. Yeah,
1: it was. I think given they the two are obviously are at the end of their season almost. So I think they were keen again to try and get as many games played. And it all goes back to kinda of sporting integrity, doesn't it? And trying mm-hmm. to get the season finished, not yeah. to leave yourself with a massive fixture pile up or again going back to the old no and void scenarios that were spoken about here in the UK. Yeah. So Turkey's gone and I think what what I know is left anyway is we obviously have the A League in Australia. again, they are playing behind closed doors. Again, though, to some understandable criticism, I think there's a couple of clubs that have players who have contracted the virus. So they're still playing behind closed doors. And again, for the the sole reason of, they are six games left of the season and they're really keen to get it finished. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. We'll touch on that in a minute, because I think that's one where we can actually look ahead to the weekend and maybe try and pick out a few bets there. um,
1: I guess finally, there's the um, football wonderland of Belarus. (laughs) Now, anybody betting on Belarusian football, to me, is a lunatic. And I say that because it's literally the first game of the season. So you're literally betting blindly, not knowing anything at all. Unless you know about the clubs and the teams and the players. You can't even use stats and data to look at this league. It's just started. And I think um, Belarusian's main team got beat today, 3-1 away from home. Tabati. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. The one that we <laughs> know. will the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't even bother looking at the Belarusian league. But saying that, though, they've only got fixtures up until Monday. Mm. There's no further fixtures planned after that, anyway, from what I can see.
0: Yeah, I had a quick look at where Belarus is on the map, and I d- again, I don't really understand how and why they're managing to get things off the ground. Really considering nothing. Well, I suppose the border of Russia, Lithuania, Latvia, places like that. So um, yeah, I don't see it surviving much longer given how things have gone in other countries.
1: And we've also just lost the Brazilian league as well. So I think last night was the last night of Brazilian football. Mm-hmm. So I believe you find a couple of leagues that are still on <laughs> off
0: <laughs> So here we go. Um, on Bet365, you can still bet on football in Haiti, uh, Hong Kong, Aruba, Palestine, Angola, Singapore, and what's your thoughts on the Myanmar league? Oh, it's a cracking league. Do you know what, though? I'm, I'm not actually
1: being serious here. See that league under-20s um, for goals. It's actually really good.
0: <laughs> Only you could see that. <laughs> I, with any great authority. Um and I think there's there's a handful of Swedish what looks like Swedish friendlies on tomorrow as well as they count down to their league starting. But um I, I thought Sweden was in lockdown as well. So there's a the
1: chance of those leagues starting up in the in the Nordic leagues. Um you're absolutely right. They have been playing friendlies the last few days and there's some friendlies planned for tomorrow and possibly yeah. the weekend. But I think come Monday
0: next week. Um, it is going to be really slim pickings Yeah, the, the whole betting in football feels like that scene in Indiana Jones When he's <laughs> he loses his hat And the, the door kind of comes down And he's you know trying to Can grab it out <laughs> And just makes it But all the while His time's running out and time's running out That's what it feels like Because we're just losing leagues And even the leagues that are, that are still going I've got handfuls of games and stuff like that So yeah, it's looking like it's going to be a total shutdown Within a matter of days
1: yeah, so I guess we can, we can touch upon
0: the Australian matches
1: um, in a bit, but I think at the moment, just in position-wise, where we are in terms of the status quo with the British matches and mm. the British leagues, Yeah. so I think most of you all seen the recent announcement today, it's what, Thursday at oh, 10 o'clock, um, the English League will remain closed and that closure will remain in place until at least the 30th of April. Which I so, think is still ambitious, isn't it? I think it's very ambitious. Now, I think unprecedented times equals unprecedented action. But ultimately, although it's seen the 30th of April, nobody really knows mm. when games will restart. I think the campaign, I think in terms of European football, most of the leagues are really pushing towards ending the campaign
0: by the end of June. Yeah, so the 30th a, of June. That's the day that's been quoted. I think the Champions League is planned for the 27th of June. Champions League final, sorry.
1: And there's a couple of reasons for that, I think. So one that minimises any impact on next season, I think. Secondly, player contracts. I think a lot of the European leagues and English leagues contracts finish in the first or start on the first of July. Yeah. You then got all the contractual and commercial stuff, with kit deals, sponsorship. But if I'm being honest, there's absolutely no chance, in my view, they'll be anywhere near
0: completed by the end of June. Yeah, I think the thing is, lots of leagues, although they're kind of close to the end of the season, some leagues have played significantly more than others. Um, some countries have got cup competitions. Um, well, most countries have got cup competitions. You've also got the European games to throw into the mix as well. So it does start to look very, very messy and very ambitious. But I'm kind of glad that they put at least a date. And a stage. Yeah, of
1: exactly. And that's probably why I'm now at the stage of acceptance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not ex- expecting to see any football played now, in my own personal view, until at least July. Mm-hmm. Um, anything before then is really a bonus. What it does do, though, if you're on Twitter, it allows you to see who has intelligence in the <laughs> um, celebrity world. I think Michael Owen tweeted today, talking about, "Oh, that's great news." Um, that will be the by that point the. Um, the pandemic and the virus will be nearly done. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: brilliant. We found a
0: cure, just select a date for the football reform. It was that easy, Michael? Um, But yeah, betting aside, well, let's touch on the betting actually because I'm curious to see how the bookies can play this one out. Obviously, up until today or whenever that announcement was made, there was still a lot of uncertainty as to whether the leagues would try and crack on and finish the seasons um, or... There's obviously been talk of leagues being null and void or um, trophies being awarded and relegation being decided by other means or whatever. So I I was quite curious to see how they would deal with anti-post bets because obviously there's going to be a lot of punters sitting out there with lines that are accumulators and potentially paying out quite a bit of money. And it wouldn't be beyond the bookies to try and find a way of not paying those out, let's be fair.
1: Of course, absolutely. (laughs) Um, It'd be interesting to see in terms of the post markets for league winners... How much is staked on these markets? How much do the bookies make or lose in these markets? Because mm-hmm. I think, looking at England, tr- anyone trying to predict who's going to win League One or League Two, it's an absolute lottery, and that's why yeah. you're getting ten to one on the favourites probably. Yeah, a bit different than Scotland though. So Scotland, yeah, them so far
0: has Celtic, League with... One, Dungeon
1: United, yeah. League One. Cove Rangers League's one and no. it's a two way battle between Wraith and Falkirk, and I think Falkirk would probably be the favourites in most people's eyes. So there's four teams that have won the league, and I, I'd expect the vast majority of people in Scotland who are betting on and post will have those four league teams yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think it's great news that from the sounds of it anyway, that um we'll be looking to make sure we continue the season and finish yeah. the games.
0: I think so. I think that will kind of cheer a lot of punters. And I know that um, a, a friend of mine has got a, a fairly sizeable anti post bet. Um, or the bet was big, but potentially pays out quite a lot. And the betting had sorry, the cash out had been suspended on it. And I think that was the line that the bookies took until they knew what was happening. Then the cash out was being suspended. So hopefully it'll, well, Hopefully, I'll give the bookies the opportunity to uh, offer people some cash out opportunities as well. But I wouldn't hold my breath.
1: No, and I think it's it's going to change day by day, week by week. I don't think there's been any further announcement by the Scottish authorities, but they'll pretty much just follow suit with England, I think.
0: And yeah, they'll I put think
1: that so. um, no games to be played before the 30th of April. And that, again, that will change as well.
0: That will definitely change. That will change and we're already starting to see the pressure that that's putting on clubs in Scotland. And I think the general consensus is that it may well change the landscape in Scottish football for some of the clubs and some of them may not come out of of this um, situation that we're in.
1: No, it's a a really sad state of affairs. I I, I think as well, Scottish teams don't have that luxury. Of Sky TV's millions no. Big massive sponsorship deals TV deals All that sort of stuff I think most of Scottish clubs Rely on What
0: 45% 50% Of their income Comes through gate yeah. receipts Yeah They also so, don't They don't have a rich governing body either In the same way No they don't <laughs> That England do And obviously Premier League kind of- Holds most of the money in England But you'd like to think that in times like these If there are clubs struggling in England Then the Premier League might see the greater good yeah. um, And be able to support some of these smaller clubs For the good of the game
1: I really hope so I think in terms of Scotland at the moment I think both three throwers and Partick Thistle Have created kind of just give pages yeah. To try and generate um, £25,000 Just to keep them ticking over Over the next few months yeah. Obviously the big news in Scotland was Hearts announcing a 50% wage reduction for all staff. Yeah, I think is... that
0: probably came as a huge surprise to a lot of general public, really, or, or just passing partners who have a passing interest in the game. I yeah. think lo- those who maybe study the finances of clubs a wee bit closer maybe weren't overly surprised, but I kind of think Hearts are just kind of obviously taking a long-term view on this and I know it's easy to look at it and say, well, that's only been a week without football. How can they possibly be in a situation where they need to be cutting wages by 50%? But they're probably being a bit more pragmatic about it and saying, well, you know, this is us for the long haul. We're looking at a minimum of, what, six weeks at the moment. And that's a minimum. So um, it's, I guess it's I worry maybe for a not as like, surprising.
1: A team like Hearts and a club as big as Hearts, the fact that they're so reliant on the next four home games and an unbudgeted Scottish Cup semi-final run yeah, to that's keep them be taking worry. over... Yeah. It's really worrying. And obviously, Hearts fans have been putting their hands in their pockets now for absolutely. years to support the club. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think it's um,
1: £9 million now they've put in recently. yeah, And that's probably just um, putting sticky plaster over what is a real financial issue at Hearts. The fans are making the books look a little bit better than they actually are. Yeah,
0: it must be frustrating for them, especially when they see the, the cost of the new stand overrunning so much as well. And
1: yeah, is that it's pro- just a... £25 million pound for that stand, was it? <laughs> is it?
0: Really? Pfft, wow.
1: I think it was budgeted for £12 million and it's cost £25 million. It's madness, isn't it? Which is like, wow. <laughs> I
0: know, and oh, Halfs is the most obvious example, that, and the first example, I suppose, of, of one of the kind of bigger clubs um, who this is going to affect, but I expect um, that we may well, unfortunately, see more of that in Scottish football. So it's worrying times for a lot of people. You know, these, some of these clubs are the heartbeat of the community. They obviously employ just regular guys like you and me. If you put rivalries aside, um, and some people will be will be losing jobs um, in the football community as well. So it's really sad to see. And hopefully, hopefully we can get some positive news in the weeks and months to come um, in regards to how things are going to shape up in Scottish football.
1: Yeah, of course. I don't think anybody wants to see any club, regardless of rivalries, uh, go out the game. What I would like to do, though, is publicly thank and praise um, St Johnston for their tremendous decision
0: (laughs) to give Celtic
1: three stands in the Cup game. An absolute Uh, genius decision to do that. So well done, Steve Brown at St Johnston.
0: (laughs) That is some backtracking you are doing, Mr Browning. Indeed it is. (laughs) Fair play, though. At least you're doing it on a public forum. But um, yeah, you weren't happy about that at the time, but it does look like a, a very good decision.
1: And just off the back of that as well, I think um, punters love their clubs and they'll do whatever they can to make sure they're okay and they'll contribute and they'll do But at the moment where we are, a lot of those clubs who would normally rely on fans to help, the fans Mm. can't help because they themselves are in financial turmoil at the moment. So
0: it's a really, really worrying time. That's a really good point because I think, hearts aside, maybe I think most clubs we'll probably sustain this kind of short period without a game till the end of the season. At most in Scotland, teams had a handful of home games. But I think, you know, you're now in season ticket renewal period and punters just won't renew their season ticket if they don't have that certainty of what they're going to get next season. And that's when it becomes really difficult because clubs obviously budget for season ticket money starting to come in as of March, April. yeah, And without that, then that leaves a, a huge hole in a lot of clubs' budgets. Um, because they bank on that money,
1: and I think we're seeing the Scottish FA are going to be distributing out the end of season payments a little bit earlier, yeah. just to keep clubs ticking over, which is good if that yeah. happens.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not it's not huge amounts of money, but I think every little is going to make a big difference at the moment. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of clubs are kind of hand to mouth to survive, so yeah, fingers crossed that you know we don't see clubs going to the wall and stuff like that, but there feels like a certain inevitability um, that we might, might see it happen. Um, and if, if the, and if if all, I
1: think obviously for, for, for Hearts fans and Partick Thistle fans now, it's been two weeks since the last other team lose.
0: So
1: <laughs> sensational scenes.
0: <laughs> okay. On that bombshell, I think we'll move on. Um, one of the other things we we're going to look at was how you, the bookies have responded. Um since the whole coronavirus thing has kind of happened and how that's affected punters i mean i'll be honest i've not had many bets since since last week um so i've not been on a huge amount of betting sites but the ones that i have been on i think they've been fairly slow to respond to it and it's almost been business as usual and you wouldn't actually know that was anything different really it's maybe it's maybe moved on a wee bit now, but certainly in the first couple of days last weekend we were down to just the national league in England and I went to place a bet and it took me ages to get through all the games that were postponed. And you would just think that, you know, these large organisation bookies would be a bit more responsive and make things a wee bit easier for people to find bets on markets that were still available. But I just didn't yes. see that from... Stuff like that should be done straight away,
1: shouldn't it? Yeah. I think um, to update a website with fixtures that are being played or not being played, it's a a tiny bit of code probably that they have to do in the background it's not difficult to do and I think as you called out on Saturday they were still showing every league in the world (laughs) that had a game planned as being there still, Mm -hmm. albeit it had to postpone beside it so I think you're absolutely right, it has has taken them a little bit of time to adapt and to get those changes put in place but I think think... also from my own perspective and what I've seen, um, they're now trying to push the virtuals
0: Yeah, um, (laughs) we've already had this discussion off air. I had a a couple of free bets at Ladbrokes the other day and I basically had nothing to bet on other than, I don't know, Russian football or Belarusian football or whatever it was. And I thought, I'll give the virtuals a go and have a wee look. And I was so disappointed. It was awful. I think one of the games under two and a half goals was one to two and over two and a half goals was something like eight to five. And I watched three or four games, and every single one of them went unders. So I don't know who's writing the engines for these actual <laughs> games, but I don't think I've ever seen a, a four each draw. And in just to be life. clear, these games last about three minutes. So
1: there's a, there's a, a game essentially every three minutes.
0: Yeah. And they're getting
1: a, a small number of markets, obviously, yeah. two wins, total goals. I watched four games last night out of curiosity to see how this pans out and it was just, one nil one nil one you. nil yeah after you told me
0: one nil one nil one nil, one all
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i know it's ridiculous it was, uh as i say if you're going to do something like that at least make make something entertaining about it make people come back um to be fair the graphics were okay but that's about the only plus that i could <laughs> that i could give it so yeah the virtuals is not for me um and i think that kind of touches on the fact that there's been a a severe lack of imagination so far from the bookies. You know, I think those of us who like a regular punt on football, I, I thought the bookies might have been a wee bit more fleet-footed and come up with something um, yep. to fill that gap. And actually it's been left to clubs themselves, <laughs> clubs challenging each other to games of knots and crosses and connect four. And to be fair to late Orient, they've organised a FIFA tournament uh, between some of the clubs worldwide as well. But... I would have thought that it would have been in the bookies' interest to try and fill that void with something, um, but there doesn't seem to be anything forthcoming <laughs> for us to, to no, get teeth in. Um, Which has been quite surprising, to be honest, although I do think, to a certain extent, they're kind of paralysed by the amount of compliance that they have to go through now, bookies, and they're almost scared to leverage the fact that people are stuck at home or working from home, given the circumstances of, of where we're at.
1: So we can call this the gambler tips sports podcast because I think you had some good insight today in terms of what the markets.
0: Yeah, so I up. A, yeah, yeah. I picked up a wee a wee bit of uh, insight from Bet365. So given that there's no sports, can you name me the three sports that you think are the most popular for betting at the moment? So
1: I would play would have
0: said basketball. Yep. As a guess. I, don't, um, I have no idea where basketball's been played, mind you.
1: <laughs> I would have probably said football based on what's still yeah. been played. Yeah, and probably just.
0: Esports, I don't know. Uh, esports is interesting because that is a market that they are obviously trying to push, but table tennis was the thought.
1: Ah, table tennis, I thought that, yeah, that's
0: the one. <laughs> to be fair, when you think about table tennis, it doesn't actually... Social distancing is already there because you must be a, a good six feet away from the opposition player. Can you and bet on
1: total match points?
0: I bet you can bet on anything <laughs> you like. Colour of ball, colour of bats, you name it. Um, yeah, so that must be getting played somewhere in the world with two people knocking a ball across a table <laughs> that you can have a bet on. And to be fair, horse racing is also listed um, as the Irish continue to defy any surprise really i surprised by logic. that. I don't know what's um, going
1: on across there. No, no,
0: I can't get my around that. Especially when they kind of move quicker than the UK to kind of ban public gatherings and stop it's people closed, going to the pub closed, and closed schools that, and stuff like it, that. Yeah. But um, horse racing, I carry on. Just, just don't invite anybody in. Is um, horse
1: racing more of an economic thing across the island than it is in the UK? For like,
0: well, well the thing is, there's no crowds again. It's behind closed doors, so well, you know. But not, there's probably
1: prize money, obviously involved. So I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't imagine it would be huge. I mean, obviously, it's important to the racing community to keep, uh, keep the horses uh, running and racing. Yeah. But you know, I, I thought, without any, without any revenues coming in from from the crowds that are attending, I don't know how, how the courses are making money, for example. Um, and I wonder how much the bookies are pushing these decisions so that they have at least got some content that people can be betting on. And you can see,
1: obviously, the impact that no UK racing is having. So, obviously, my local course, uh, Perth, has a number of meetings this year and they're due to start at the end of April wiped yeah. out, Ladies' Day's been wiped out and you're then talking the Gold Cup's been wiped out as well. So, economy-wise, that brings millions of pounds into Perth
0: yeah, and that's all yeah, gone and they're yeah. really
1: actually struggling now that they won't be racing next year
0: really. if they
1: can't try and generate some funds this season.
0: Yeah, it's not good at all. So, I think we just need to keep an eye out and see what the bookies are going to come up with. Um, they're obviously pushing these virtual markets and casinos and poker and, you know, I think there's not a natural crossover there for a lot of people that just because you bet on sports so that you're going to have a, a shot at the casino or, or poker. Neither of them particularly interest me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, although obviously I know there's some people might like how you game of poker. It's maybe a an an online sociable thing to do when we're all cooked up in our in our homes of a Yes, yeah, especially if you're playing against friends. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've chewed the fat long enough over where (laughs) we're at in terms of the the betting world. Um, And just to kind of look ahead to this weekend, there's obviously a few games in Australia. Um, I think there's five games over Friday, Saturday and Monday. Yeah, two games
1: tomorrow, a game on Saturday and there's two games on Monday. So I'll be having a really good look at the game on Saturday and the two games on Sunday?
0: Yeah, and there's a few, we were discussing pre-podcast about there's a few familiar names in the the Aussie league, isn't there? Mm -hmm.
1: There is, so it's probably challenging the, the quality of the A-League in Australia. Um, I think Adam LaFondra is one of the league's top goalscorers over there. Now, Adam LaFondra, maybe this me right, played for Reading, Roxdale, Rotherham, I think as well. No, Rotherham, was always is a, a Adam, go, goal scorers, yeah, so yeah. don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a cracking player, but he's probably championship slash league one quality, and he's one of the
0: main men across in the A-League. Uh, Scott McDonald's there as well, ex Motherwell, Celtic, and who did he play with latterly? Um, yeah, Dundee United. Dundee,
1: Dundee United, he yes.
0: started the season off, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he scored a few in his last few games, I think. Yeah, three
1: uh, and four, I think. And there's Jamie McLaren, who was at Hibs. I think most Hibs fans were actually sad to see him go, actually. He got called up to Australia when he was at Hibs mm-hmm. and decided to go back to Australia to play football
0: for... Which club did he play for? He is playing with Melbourne City. Melbourne. Um, and Gary Hooper's another one, worth they have mention, who is, you know, scored goals. I think he. is he not the famous quiz questions. Someone who scored goals in every every division in England. And, Has he? And the Champions League and UEFA Cup, maybe, and obviously the Scottish Premiership. Well, it's yeah.
1: definitely
0: quiz time on Twitter, <laughs> isn't it? It's
1: quiz time every day oh, on Twitter yeah.
0: now. <laughs> quiz Central, um, yeah. Aye, I'm not going there, my knowledge isn't that good Um, So yeah, those Australian games at the weekend I I guess tomorrow will be time to have a wee look at those and you'll be putting some tips up on the Mr Fixit site for those
1: Yeah, just in terms of markets, so I think quite a few of the guys in the Mr Fixit site really enjoy the um, Australian football on a Friday, Saturday morning, especially the main leagues, and in terms of the bet builders, so two goals corners and bookings yeah tend to get a lot of really good bet builders in those leagues so i think that's probably the way to go for these games over the weekend
0: okay so the advice is just to keep an eye on mr Fixit's yeah i'll,
1: I'll, I'll pop something up um, tomorrow night at the latest and that'll be on mr Fixit's website and on twitter as well
0: cool um i think that's us for now then um I'm not gonna lie i don't know if we'll be back next week or not <laughs> we'll see um how the land lies in terms of the football um and if we are we'll obviously make sure that we shout about it on the, the gambler twitter feed so just keep an eye on that um so in the meantime just keep yourself safe um do everything that you're supposed to do in terms of keeping yourself safe your family safe and the rest of the community safe um and hopefully we'll we'll be back next week Um, and thanks to Greg for your time this week
1: no thank you everyone, take care